0: The episode you're about to listen to is actually an interview from our Before You're Ready Summit, where we interviewed 10 amazing women who started exactly where they were with what they had right now to make their dreams a reality. So if we reference the summit in the interview, that's why. Enjoy. I also just wanted to let you know about a free ebook I've created on how to procrastinate proof your week. It's packed with seven days worth of productivity tips to ignite imperfect action and kick procrastination to the curb. From supercharging your Monday motivation to making sure you get all your work done on Friday afternoon, we've got every day of the week covered. Head to agirlinprogress.com slash procrastination or find the link in our show notes to grab yours. Welcome to A Girl in Progress, the self-development podcast for millennial women working on themselves for themselves. We believe it's possible to strive to become the best version of yourself while also accepting yourself exactly as you are. Whether it's giving you a glimpse into the daily routines of inspiring women, or sharing the stories of those who started before they felt ready, this podcast is all about encouraging you to take imperfect action towards your goals and find productivity and success on your own terms. As for me, I'm your host, Emma Norris. I'm a journalist, author, cheese enthusiast, imperfect action coach, and the founder of agirlinprogress.com. Let's get into the episode. Hey, Beck.
1: Hey, Emma. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on this summer. It's great to chat to you again. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here and to have the opportunity to talk to you again.
0: Yay. So you are your career coach. You're the founder of Pop Your Career. Um, but I know you actually worked uh, in like HR and agency recruitment before starting your own business where you sort of were more focusing on like resume, resume writing and like done for you kind of services. But I know you've sort of more recently started focusing on like career coaching side of things. So I'd love to hear a bit from in your words, like where you've come from, what you're doing now and who you are.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. So I'm Beck McFarland. I am, as you said, the founder of Pop Your Career. So my career did start out in agency recruitment and I did large multinational agency recruitment, small boutique agency in-house. I spent some time in labour hire. I sort of tripped around and did it all. Uh, and then I moved into, um, I took a couple of years off and became a skip tracer for a debt collection company, which was the most What's incredible that? A skip experience. skip tracer? skip Tracy, yeah so if somebody doesn't pay their bills um then a debt collection agency might take responsibility for the debt um and then it would be my job to actually find that person oh my god so, so you're the ones really, who come
0: after yeah. people like nah i'm, I'm not that bad
1: <laughs> Oh wow, um, that would have been a hard job. It was it was actually really interesting. So we had access to loads of different databases. We were able to um, do lots of different things to try and find people and then when we found people we had to negotiate with them and encourage them to pay their bills. So it was challenging, but it was Yeah, but there's
0: kind people like you doing that because it helps like I'm sure a lot of people in those sort of situations aren't in very good situations if it's come to that. Yeah. So it's nice to know absolutely. that. Um yeah, sorry, I'll let you absolutely. get back to it.
1: I'll just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely interesting. Um, so after that, I moved back to Canberra. I'd spent a couple of years in Brisbane at that time. So I moved back to Canberra and I became the HR manager of a local business here, about 30 employees. It was a telecommunications mm-hmm. company. Um, and so during that time, I did HR management as well as sales management of a small but high-performing team. Uh, and then I joined the public service. So I did what everybody in Canberra does and go to the mm-hmm. government. Uh, and I spent three years working in a recruitment team. Within a small government department, um, so during that time, I side hustled for the whole three years. I started my business in two thousand and fifteen, uh, and spent that three years working on the side. I went through different phases of working full time, working part time, and then balancing my my um, business on the side. Uh, and then in July two thousand and eighteen. I quit the public service and went out on my own. So like you said, at the time I was doing a lot of resume writing, selection criteria response writing, and a lot of what I was doing was done for you services and I was starting to sort of build up the career coaching side of things. Um, But then in April of last year, I made the transition fully into career coaching, set up some very clear boundaries around that. uh, And since then I've been absolutely flourishing and really just, Loving what I'm doing.
0: Oh, that's amazing! Okay,
1: a couple of different
0: things I want to talk about. So, first of all, how did you know you were ready to go all in on your business? Like when you were doing the done for you services, when you like to leave your job and yeah, yeah go in all in on that.
1: I think the very short answer is I wasn't ready. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. But yeah, <laughs> eventually you've got to just do it right. Yeah, and so I knew all along that that was my aim. Um, But I also knew that I was becoming increasingly and increasingly unfulfilled and frustrated by the work that I was doing. And because of the fact that a lot of the work that I do is founded within career fulfillment, and that's one of the areas that I'm most passionate about, I felt like a bit of a hypocrite. Because here I was telling people, you know, I want you to find something that's going to help you feel fulfilled. And yet I kind of felt like I was banging my head against a wall doing something that I didn't necessarily love. Now, I was fortunate, I had a really great team and I enjoyed the work, but there were things that I was missing and part of that was the, you know, that opportunity to coach people, Um, but I also felt like my creativity was being massively stifled. So, my husband and I had spoken about it time and time and time again Um, and much like when I got to the point where I decided to leave my job as the HR manager and go into the public service, we just kind of got to this point where we went, you know, it's now or never
0: yeah awesome and was it scary like taking
1: taking the leap yeah you have no idea i mean you probably (laughs) do have an idea because i know a little about your background but i've never um, really gone all in though i'm
0: like kind of same as you like just gone between part-time freelance full-time blah 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 Mm. yeah so i kind of do but i kind of don't i'd love to know like what like how you got over that that fear and just like just gave it a go
1: i think um So one of the things is that I gave a lot of notice in my job. So I told my boss, you know, like, I think it was in February or March that I was planning on leaving. And that's just in my nature. You know, I wanted to make sure that they didn't include me in their long-term planning and that as part of their long-term planning, they were able to replace me. So That's I was really accurate. sort of saying to them, yes. <laughs> um, I was saying to them, you know, at the end of the financial year, I really want to be out of here. So, you know, keep that in mind. Um, so I guess by the time that rocked around and then they ended up actually asking me to stay for a little bit longer. Um, by the time I got to that point, I was just like mega over it. Yeah, I just had to get out. So... For me, a lot, there was a lot of frustration and there was a lot of like, you know, just wanting to get out there and do my own thing. Um, I think it sort of came um, at an interesting time as well, because i would had some feedback about the way that I'd been showing up in my business and I was very much hidden. I had the brand up front and, you know, there was a tiny little picture of me on my about page, but aside from that, I was completely in hiding and i would had some people say, you know, it's a little bit unrelatable. We don't really know who you are. Um, it's difficult and and had found out from people that they'd been quite hesitant in getting in contact with me so I guess at the time I probably overshadowed the fear of having to leave my job um, with this fear of having to become visible Yeah, everything's um, scary
0: (laughs) yeah the one that is worth it
1: (laughs) so it was kind of like um, I don't even have time to worry about this fear of of yeah. leaving my job. Instead, it's like, holy hell, like now all of a sudden I've got to sort of come out from this little place where I've been hiding and become visible on the internet. And, yes. um, and I did that and I've done, I, I believe, a really good job of it. And it's made a huge wow. difference for me and my business. But um, yeah, I think that was definitely more of, where my my energy and my focus was going.
0: Yeah, and you have done that really well, like, you know, put yourself out there, you're on lots of podcasts, you're on lots of things like this. Mm. I wanna know as as a fellow introvert, how you have navigated that? Because it can be really scary, even for people who aren't introverted, but like, I know for me particularly, Mm. it's been something that's been really scary. So yeah, how how have you navigated that?
1: Yeah, so I guess, while I was in the role as the HR manager, I did my DISC accreditation. Um, And if you're not familiar with DISC, it's a behavioural profiling tool. And through becoming accredited in that and and developing my understanding of DISC profiling, I got a lot more of an awareness around what my introversion was and how it served me and how I needed to, um, you know, focus on rising to some challenges. Uh, And so I guess with that awareness and with a lot of the work that i I done around energy management. I was very, very conscious, and I am still very conscious about the way that I show up, but more importantly, the way that I carve time out in my schedule to recover. Mm-hmm. And so, further on from that, what I've done, uh, I've actually worked with a business coach a couple of different times, Catherine McKenzie Smith. Uh, And she uh, has a very strong focus on working with introverts and highly sensitive people. And so working with with her. her. (laughs) Yeah, look, she's amazing. Um, But working with her, I guess, opened me up to looking at things in a different way and you know a lot of the business mentors or you know big business people that we see out there in the world are people like Gary Vee or you know people who have got that really high energy and they're very go 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 which is really against that introvert nature but we don't necessarily or or especially when I was starting my business there weren't a lot of introvert business people around that I could sort of um, you know model or take inspiration from. And so I think working with Catherine in that way really helped me because she opened my eyes to working in different ways. Um, And she laughs as well because, um, you know, I I am a huge introvert, but with networking and, you know, putting myself out there to do these different things, I have sort of made it a little bit of a game. Yes, I remember you saying this on the podcast. I love this. Yeah. And so for me, it's rather than focusing on quantity, I'm focusing on quality. So even though I'm an introvert, I am, according to DISC, a people-focused introvert. And I love the power of human connection. I just really believe that it is one of the most incredible things in the world. And I love um, connecting with others, but I also love connecting others and bringing different people together who have similar interests. And so for me, it's this game of finding people that I can connect with, finding ways that I can actually connect with them in different ways, whether they're people that I know online or whether people like yourself who, who, you know, I've met through doing different things um, and just thinking about the ways that I can sort of develop those relationships on more of a quality basis.
0: Yeah, and I think that is a misconception about introverts as well, like that they can't be people 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 that they can't be good conversationalists that they can't be great at connection i think when i think more introvert like i think of it in terms of yeah just needing that time to really recoup after and like uh getting your energy from spending time alone but yeah i think there's a lot of misconceptions around
1: like people assume it means shy when that's not really yeah i agree And I think that's where DISC really came in handy for me because it really made me understand that energy perspective. And I now use DISC a lot in my business, particularly looking at energy and particularly with introverts so that we can really talk about how we are stretching our energetic rubber band and how we are sort of working within our wheelhouse and making sure that we aren't making unnecessary steps outside of our comfort zone. Yeah. And I know you've done a bit of public speaking or like, you know, this kind of thing.
0: I feel like you've done some like events sort of stuff as well. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Do you have any sort of rituals or anything you do before you do that to like get in the right energy, get in the right um, state of mind, like any mantra or anything?
1: Yeah. So this is probably an interesting question, particularly, you know, given our um, conversation about introversion because, (laughs) um, I absolutely love public speaking. Oh, and really? Of the, yeah, I just, I, I love it. And I'll tell you why, because I think this can help other introverts out there. But what I find about my introversion is that it is coupled with a bit of shyness. And I find that myself and a lot of introverts do sometimes struggle with small talk. Well, like social we anxiety to, as well. Yeah, like, like, we go together, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and so we sort of get that, that whole small talk thing of doing the, hey, how are you? And what do you do? And okay, how's the weather today? And you know that can become really awkward. So one of the things that I have found is that if I'm able to stand at the front of the room or come and do an event like this or run my own workshop, then I can get in front of people. I can share my message and the people that are interested in finding out more actually approach me and start a conversation with me. And we're usually then getting straight into the, like the really exciting stuff, the powerful stuff, and we can skip over all of that small talk. So it allows me to develop faster and more effective relationships with people. And it also means that I don't need to wade through a room of 100 people looking for the one person that I'm meant to have a connection with. They come to me. Yeah, it's super efficient. Yeah, it is. And it's a great way for me to be able to manage my energy as well. So in terms of me preparing, um, I guess I'm focused on that. I am very focused on, you know, how can I make this uh, the most effective way to find the connections that I need to find in the room? Um, But the other thing that I do is, um, and it's a really great tool for when you're looking to overcome imposter syndrome, is I actually focus on the value that I'm going to provide. So rather than sort of focusing on me and getting um, really deep into my own feelings and deep into my own nerves or whatever's going on for me, all I think is, How can I make this the most valuable thing for the people in the room? It's so important for me to show up tonight and for me to really bring my energy and really bring my message because think of all the people that are coming and what they're going to get from it. And I find that by really flipping the switch on that and focusing on the other people, um, it gives me more confidence in going out there. It means that I don't cancel because of the fact that I'm feeling stressed or, you know, feeling those imposter syndrome kind of feelings. Uh, And then it means that I'm far more likely to bring my energy when I need to yeah
0: that's such a good way of looking at it, and there is so much value in what you do. Um, what kind of people do you would you say you mainly help or work with?
1: Yeah, so I go through different phases. Um, I have intentionally made my branding very focused on you know pink and yellow and um, and everything. Right. <laughs> like got that, um, that super bright and, and somewhat kind of feminine look to it. Uh, and because of that, I do work with mostly women, um, but I do have a few male clients who I really, really enjoy working with because of the fact that they are open to being vulnerable. And I think that's really the key for me. So what I, um, what I look for when I'm um, you know, meeting with a client or a potential client talking about whether or not we're a good fit is someone who, I guess, is willing to do the work, uh, is willing to be vulnerable, um, and someone who's willing to have fun along the way. So, in terms of the content, there are sort of three main areas that people come to me for help. Um, The first is they need clarity, and this can be clarity around sort of what they should do next or how they should do it. The second thing is the mindset piece. So it's often around confidence or imposter syndrome, self-doubt, comparisonitis, all of that juicy stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the third thing is accountability. So as I said, my main focus is around fulfillment. So I work with people who are in traditional careers, but who are also in businesses or who are side hustling to help them look for ways that they can feel more fulfilled in their career. And that could mean a change or it could just mean changing up the way that they're doing things now.
0: What are some of the biggest, like, mindset blocks that you see people facing um, preventing them from, like, going after that, you know, that dream career? Or is it just not knowing what that is?
1: Um, Sometimes it's not knowing. Sometimes it's not understanding who they are. Um, And what I see a lot is people who think they are a certain person but they are actually someone completely different. And we are conditioned to adjust the way that we approach life uh, and the way that we present ourselves. Uh, And sometimes that means that we're actually masquerading as someone else. So that is something that comes up quite often. Um, Another thing is, um, you know, exactly what this whole summit is all about. People who are feeling like they're not ready and people who are feeling like they need help in getting to a point where they feel like they're ready. Um, And that could be the clarity piece. It could be, you know, doing more mindset work around why they're not feeling ready. Um, So a lot of the time that we don't feel ready is related to imposter syndrome or self doubt in some way. Um, And so I might have clients who come to me and say, you know, I'm working on getting a promotion. I'm not ready yet because I need to do X, Y, and Z. And so Part of what I do might be helping them to achieve some of that x, y, and Z, but part of what I do might be helping them realize that they don 't actually need it after all.
0: yeah, awesome. I feel like another big thing is perfectionism and like waiting for the perfect time. I feel like imposter syndrome and perfectionism kind of go hand in hand, like usually the same sorts of people who deal with that, but yeah, just like yeah. feeling like oh it 's not the perfect time. I should wait till this is and this before yeah. I leave my job or go after this do you think it's ever possible to feel ready to do anything or that there is a perfect time to do anything?
1: No. (laughs) No, I really don't. Um, And I think that you're right. So perfectionism is a huge imposter syndrome behaviour. Another one is procrastination. Mm. Um, And the two go hand in hand and both of them are largely driven by fear. And, yeah. you know, whether that is, um, you know, fear of being found out, which is typical in imposter syndrome, but whether it's fear of failure, fear of success, fear of missing out, you know, it could be really anything. Um, but there's usually some kind of fear that's preventing you from moving forward. So is there ever a time to be 100% ready? No, I don't believe there is. Um, but one of the things that I talk a lot about, and I do have a, um, an online program about it, is really diving into how you can be intentional about pushing yourself forward. So what I find is that, you know, there's a lot of this attitude around about fear and about what we should do with it and how we should punch it in the face or feel the fear and do it anyway yeah. or kick it to the curb and all of that kind of thing. Um, and what I see is when my clients get into that kind of attitude is that they start to believe that fear is an invalid feeling mm-hmm. and all of our feelings are valid. And fear acts as a warning system for us. You know, yeah, it's, exactly. your own mind and, yeah. Yeah, it's your own mind and body trying to protect you and keep you safe. So it's definitely not something that we just want to shove under the rug. Um, it's something that maybe we actually need to embrace and that we need to listen to. And this is definitely something that I need to get better at. But what I try and encourage my clients to do and what I'm really encouraging myself to do is to get intentional about looking at the fear. And rather than punching it in the face, is having a conversation with it and going, like, what are you here for? Um, What are you trying to tell me? And then acknowledging whether or not this is a fear that maybe we want to invite to step aside or sit in the back seat um, or whether it's actually a valid feeling and whether maybe we just need to accept it. And so this is why I always say, um, you know, I'll never go bungee jumping because that is not serving me in any way. That is not a fear that I need to overcome. But there might be fears like maybe public speaking or maybe putting yourself forward for a promotion that you don't necessarily feel that you're ready for, which are intentional, which are aligned with your goals. Um, They're aligned with your vision and they're going to help you to move forward.
0: Yeah, it can be tough to differentiate between like good fear, like the sign that you're like onto something and you're about to get out of your comfort zone and have growth Mm. and then fear because that's trying to tell you something. So I think it is really important to do that. Like digging to yeah, really get yeah. to the root of it. Like, what is causing this? So I think that's super important. And how did you know it was time, or why did you decide to move away from your done-for-you services to more like one-on-one coaching?
1: Yeah. So I love this question, and I've spoken about it a little bit in a few different interviews that I've done. But essentially, I didn't know that I was ready, and yeah. the way that this <laughs> came about was through a huge intervention. So I was under a lot of stress. I was really unhappy, but I, and and I knew that in the long term that I didn't want to do those done for you services anymore because I knew that I could provide more value in coaching. But I I thought I needed the money, and you know when you go into business and especially when you take the leap and go full time, you know you can fall into these habits of doing whatever it is that you need to do in order to get your bread and butter, like yeah. So, and I mean, it was over 50% of my income at the time. So it was the thing that, you know, was sort of keeping me going to give that up, I thought would be a really silly thing to do. Um, But there was one night I was watching TV with my husband and I saw a FaceTime coming through from one of my friends. I answered reluctantly. And, um, And it was actually two of my best friends, Holly and Steve. They'd had a few drinks and they decided that okay. now was the time that they were going to conduct an intervention <laughs> oh my God. and it was absolutely hilarious um, but also life-changing yeah. because what they said to me was this like we never see you anymore mm-hmm. you know you're so unhappy why are you doing this and I remember clear as day Holly saying to me Beck you don't even love it and I was kind of like yeah, okay, you're right, like, here I am, what am I doing to myself? And again, I'm being really hypocritical, because I am touting this idea of being fulfilled in your career. And yet here I am, and it's almost like self-flagellation, like it was really unnecessary. So the next night, I went out to dinner with my husband. And just halfway through dinner, I said to him, I don't think I want to write resumes and selection criteria anymore. And he just looks at me with this completely unemotional and blank face and says, I knew it. <laughs> well, he goes, it was your business. It's your business. Yeah. Like a, you get to choose. <laughs> and, and it was kind of like this big non-event of like, uh, we'll do whatever you want. And so it was that intervention from my friends. It was that conversation with my husband. And then also at the same time, I was doing Suzanne Chadwick's Brand Builders Academy course. Um, and through that, we were really looking at our different income streams and our packages, and then considering whether or not we actually enjoyed what we were doing. Uh, and so it was sort of that three-prong attack that I felt at the time, where it was kind of like all of the ducks were lining up. Yeah, God, that's crazy. It was really like divine intervention. intervention. So I did. I announced it the next day. Yeah, it was nuts. And so uh, it, um, I announced it the next day. I gave my clients two weeks to get in um, with their last minute orders and then I stopped. And it's interesting because I'd heard previously that when you start to put boundaries like this in place, that the universe will start testing you. And oh my God, did the universe start (laughs) testing me. All of a sudden, I started to get absolutely flooded with inquiries from the types of clients (laughs) that I would have loved to work with before. Um, And people saying things to me like, oh, but you'll do it for me, won't you? And I was like, no, I'm universe holding strong. universe is testing you. <laughs> yep. How serious are Absolutely. you about this? <laughs> and so, yeah, and I'm holding strong. And every now and then I still get this test of like a client that I've worked with before and loved working with. And they say, I need you to write me another application. Um, and still to this day, it's nearly 12 months. Um, I am holding strong. And I have not written a resume at all since April of last year.
0: Yeah, and then you have people like me who are like, "Oh, you need a resume writer." Tag back in this post. It (laughs) it does take a while for people to really get like this is my thing now. Like,
1: yeah, are you
0: finding that? Like,
1: I am, but you know, I'm grateful for it because for for people to have me at the forefront of their mind. True, I think if you yeah. Yeah, it's it is totally magical. And I'm really fortunate. I've got some beautiful women in business who do write resumes and selection criteria responses and I send them a lot of work. Uh, But also there is a larger and, and broader conversation around is it actually a resume that you need or maybe you need some career coaching. It's a career change to you say, sorry, I've got a plane going over. <laughs> oh, you're right. No, maybe you need some career coaching. Career coaching.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The mindset work around it. Mm. Yeah, definitely,
1: Absolutely. And
0: just to sort of finish up, what kind of advice, what's the biggest piece of advice you'd give someone who's thinking about changing their career or turning their side hustle into a full-time job or, you know, any sort of big career change or pivot like that but it doesn't mm. feel ready?
1: What's the biggest piece of advice you would give them? Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> I know Nike said it first, right? Yeah. But nothing is permanent. Yeah. You know? And this has been really interesting for me in, in doing some speaking gigs and especially working with some young women who are getting ready to graduate and sort of going, you know, like, what should I do? Um, which direction should I head in? And my response is always like, nothing is permanent. So if you are feeling like you are looking for a change or there's something that you want to do, just do it. And if you don't like it, then you can stop. And, you know, and it's kind of like life is just this big experiment. And I really try and focus on this a lot with my clients in terms of like, try and loosen the expectations around what you're doing try and look at it as though it is an experiment and, and do as my best friend Steve says. He says to me, let's just play the see what happens game.
0: Yes, I love that. Also, you have really good friends. I was going to say that. Like, I'm so glad they were looking out for you and now you're, you're doing what you are meant to do. So I think... Absolutely. That and they will really never let me forget it either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was all thanks to our intervention. Thank God for the tequilas that we had before <laughs> that. I love it. Awesome. So just to finish up, where can everyone find you on social media and do you have any offers or anything that you would like to point them towards?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm at Pop Your Career pretty much everywhere. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I do love a bit of Instagram stories if you're interested in a bit of a ramble and a rant. (laughs) Um, I do have, as I mentioned, a 14-day program called Brave, which is all about how to get more intentional about stepping outside your comfort zone. Um, It is, I am running another live round of that very soon. You can find out more information at popyourcareer.com forward slash brave. And if the cart is not open at the time that, you take a look then you can always uh enter your details and join the wait list to find out more
0: awesome and we'll pop
1: all that in the notes as well
0: thank you so so much beck it was like it was great to chat to you again and thank you yeah so much for sharing all your wisdom and all things career and introverting i feel like yeah you packed a lot of like gold into (laughs) that very short interview so thank you so much thank you it's my pleasure thanks for listening to the girl in progress podcast if you like what you heard make sure you hit subscribe and leave us a review you can also check us out over on a girl the online destination for women working on themselves for themselves or get social with us on instagram at underscore girl progress can't wait to see you there